Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, my name's Nick. Hello, I'm Woogie. We are the Mouth of Manliness. This is a podcast all about uh, mental health. But it's not just mental health. Um, it's kind of about people's lives and about uh, how they cope and how they manage in the world. Yeah, and digging into the stories that make them who they are. Yeah, so it's real life stories um, where we talk about things that people have been through and how they've managed and how they've coped and how they've come out the other side. So sometimes it's just me and Wargy here, but more often than not we're talking to guests, uh, sometimes more well-known guests, but... More often than anything, it's um, just normal people who have been through um, interesting situations. Yeah, and they've all got a lovely story to tell. Yeah, so mouth and manliness, we are about mental health, but we're more about people and stories. So, welcome to the mouth. The mouth of manliness. Welcome to the Mouth of Manliness. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we are in the depths of season three. Uh, it's all going on. Uh, I want to do a quick shout out to my man, Tramp Man, and to Nikon Knights, who are massive supporters of the show, and I have loads and loads of love for. Yes, it's me, Nick Noyes, and my cheeky co-host, <laughs> Warren, yeah, you're right. Warren. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> right. Or, 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 or Woolgies, which is like another name of mine, yeah. yeah. My nickname yeah, at school, Woolgies. We've all got to have loads of names. And then the other voices you can hear is Jenna and Tracy from the She Supreme podcast. Hello. Hello. Oh, hi, guys. Hello, hello. <laughs> Hey, hey. How are you going? today? We're good, we're good. So we've just been talking just before and uh, Tracy is in Madrid, which is uh, <laughs> which, which is pretty cool. We don't speak to people from other countries. I spoke to someone in America before, um, but normally it's in the UK, so that's pretty cool if you ask me. I mean, listen, I'm Canadian living in Geneva normally, 
And you can imagine how boring Geneva is during lockdown. So escaping <laughs> to Madrid just seemed like a rational solution. I'm so jealous. Yeah. I'm all over that. I mean, yeah, just glorious sunshine. I mean, there's nowhere oh. else I'd rather be. I mean, I, I'm, I've got a, our listeners can't see my face, but I sat out in the sun for two days solid with no sun cream on for the first time in a good few months. And <laughs> my, my ball complexion is a little pink that like you can see if I press it. it and you'll be go. pleased to hear that I never go outside. <laughs> I no, hate going outside. So I don't mate. like the sun, and I'm as pasty as ever. Well, you know what they say: the the sun can do things to your skin, so you're gonna uh, look very youthful, and exactly. um, you're probably gonna die looking like you're 12. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jenna and I met. Um, Probably about a year and a half ago, maybe a little bit yeah. more. When, yeah. Uh, so in the first season of Mouth of Manliness, um, we did uh, like, a, a, like a kind of video thing for the company that you were working for. Um, yeah. And uh, that was when Brad was doing it. And um, we felt we, we were like so excited about it because it was like something neither of us had ever, ever done before. And uh, yeah. you guys really looked after us, and it was really, really lovely. So, yeah, as as I say, I didn't forget that. So when I saw you were doing one, that's why I shouted you, because was, that was such a lovely experience for us. And the video oh, was great. I'm so, I'm so, so glad. Um, I know this is uh, super cheesy, but um, <laughs> if we, if I speak to anyone or produce a video with anyone that is exactly the reaction i want to make sure that they have after the experience because the worst thing you can do is like bring someone in for a conversation and they're they leave and they're like was that good was that bad i I don't know how i felt about that so i'm really really glad and thank you so much i'm so grateful to be here today oh yeah can can i ask what the project was uh go on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i was like i was waiting for nick to go in there but i was like uh, so um we were producing this content series um called men of manual um manual was um or is rather a men's health and wellness brand so the whole content series sort of focused on um men out there just sort of championing health talking about their mental health being open and honest and nick Mouth of manliness. I saw that you guys made the beebs, which was, you know, yeah. pretty mm-hmm. damn fancy. So I, I still take my proverbial hat off to you. And um, I thought this is this is perfect. You know, we need to interview and bring these guys in just to talk to them about what they're doing. And I just really loved your openness and the sort of like your sense of humor talking about these like very vulnerability inducing topics. So. Yeah, I think it, it takes uh, real cojones to do something like that. So, <laughs> Cojones. Cojones. <laughs> cojones. Got some of them, boys. Yeah. I like that. I like that. <laughs> so how, how do you guys know each other? Oh, I mean, uh, Tracy, you can start the conversation off. We saw each other across the room. <laughs> no, so what happened was um, I had just moved to London. And I started this job, which was a kind of a social media software company. Um, 
and Jenna was working in a creative uh, capacity there. And I basically saw her in the kitchen and I thought she was super pretty <laughs> with this huge Jenna <laughs> smile. And she was so loud. It was like one of these really long and narrow buildings, but super long. And I was at the other end of the building and I could just hear her laugh like echoing through the halls. Um, and I thought, okay, I want to be her friend. And then I went over and she was super, super nice. And we kind of fell in love. And I think that's where our journey began. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's wow, wow, that's nice. <laughs> it's similar to what I've what I thought of you, Nick. Isn't it? Ah. You know, beautiful man. <laughs> How did you guys? Do? Now I want to know. Is somebody being loud? I'm always loud, unfortunately. I've just got ah. a very loud, loud voice. But, um, yeah, I'm quite loud. We're sort of. I, I I started playing music in in the area he's grown up in. So when I was a teenager and my family, so we've always been around the same sort of friends and people. Um, oh. And then I made a record with somebody that uh, Nick knows, right? And so you know Pip and stuff yeah. and everyone else. And then years go by and yeah, I think I, I, I started sort of hanging out with Brad because when I lived in Neon Sea, so Brad, who who was the uh, he's our old host on The Man for Manliness and he's a lovely gentleman, he... Um, yeah, we become friends, and I, 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 I start. I gave. I needed some help doing a podcast, basically, and uh, I, um, and Nick said, "Oh, Brad, Brad would be a good idea because he's great." So, um, what was interesting about the podcast? I can talk about it, right? So, yeah, I'm, yeah. So, uh, it was for it was for Ad, <laughs> it was for it was for Ada Williams and Robbie Williams. So I, I couldn't go. So I sent Brad to go and record it. And uh, I was like, it's just his podcast. It's just his podcast. You've got to go down and take some kit. And he gets there and he's like, I'm in, I'm in Robbie Williams' house. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, just crack on. Like, and and uh, with Alan Carr and his husband as well. So it was oh my like, God. It was, wow. yeah, it was a good episode. But Brad absolutely nailed it. So then we sort of like hung out for a little while. And um, yeah, just met up for a few drinks and stuff. And then, and then, and, and as luck would have it, I ended up moving down the road from Nick and. We fell in love. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you asked, you asked My me heart. For I did. I did actually. Yeah. yeah you I, asked I wrote me for artwork, and then I did true. some artwork, and then we got exactly. chatting about guitars. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did some artwork for an album that's still not because we ended up making a record, right? But he made some beautiful that's... artwork for it. So yeah. yeah. Nick's so, artwork yeah. is like incredible yeah, as well. Oh, I'm. I'm. Oh. No, it's really every time I see it on Instagram, I'm like, "That's fucking cool." Yeah, I'm sorry, am I allowed to swear? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking cool. That's fucking cool. It's all, it's all brilliant. Very cool. Oh, thank you. So, yeah. Tell us about C Supreme then. Tell us what it's all about. So basically, I think Tracy and I, you know, we were. We were working um, in advertising, digital communications and in tech. And I think we were just sort of finding that the networking space was like comprised of the same people, mm-hmm. mainly like very, it's it's very like um, homo, homogeneous, uh, homogeneous, homo, yeah, yes, something, something like that. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> So oh, after genius. eight coffees, homogeneous. <laughs> homogeneous. There Come we on, go. Loads of like really blokes. I speak English. I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> homogeneous. Homogeneous. There we go. Got it. 
And um, yeah, we were just like, oh, you know, there needs to be like different voices out there. There needs to be mm -hmm. more celebration of women of color, non-binary people, queer people sort of doing it, mm -hmm. especially when you take into account like everything that sort of like rides against them. Um, I know, you know, Tracy and I are, are white <laughs> females, well, two white queer females. And um, uh, even though my family is uh, Iraqi and Muslim and, and that kind of came with its own like obstacles and barriers, I'm white passing. So my life has been, you know, immeasurably easier than my older sister who mm. is very very you know she she looks very iraqi and she's brown so her life experiences have been very different yeah. uh sometimes a lot tougher so we basically thought fuck it let's start a podcast and shine a light on amazing people out there who had many obstacles to face and mm. what they did to sort of you know be amazing and awesome fantastic very timely. Yeah, very no. timely very timely <laughs> like people don't uh you know like um people think they can kind of put themselves in someone's shoes and they can kind of like oh well you know it's not so bad and it's like no but you can't put yourself in someone else's shoes it, don't, it doesn't <laughs> no. work that way and no. uh, uh you know like um like the black lives matter that really kind of riled people up yeah. And I'm like, why? Why is that? Why? Why does that wind people up so much to think mm. that their life experience has been fucking loads harder than like mm. mine would have been? You know, like yeah, why can't we just acknowledge that? Like, what's mm. wrong yeah, exactly. with that? Why is that a problem? Yeah, you know, they yeah, every right to kick off. Yeah, exactly. and it's like a it's like a power struggle. It's like somehow mm. when we are championing people who have been systematically oppressed, then mm. all of a sudden we are somehow like discriminating against what we have like you know like straight white men essentially yeah. and it's really that's not the point right and it's it's this fear of this this reverse and dichotomy or whatever but that's really not what anyone's aiming for no it's ed education right so exactly so 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 that the, the, the thing that i've always found really really funny is that there's a with race and with sexuality and with with a lot of a lot of those things within business or just in social the social sort of circles of, of anybody is that um people are, are, are quite scared of shit they don't know right so mm -hmm. so that it's so fear led um like i was i was never brought up particularly to care of another's um and, and not care but not not be bothered by another's sexuality or religion or what they eat or their favorite colorism or but or quite quite the opposite of more about like show me something like like uh, something quite quite basic about sort of how i grew up was like with food so so food in different cultures is different so like you go around someone's mm -hmm. house and you talk about that and but loads of people go oh, i ain't touching that muck because it's from from this and if you apply <laughs> that mentality to your entire life you're so sheltered and you're essentially a fucking asshole so <laughs> you know like um and, and but but to, to learn and from other people's experiences because all of our like you know user experiences of our own of our own social situations is completely different right yeah um, absolutely and like okay i'm sorry to to throw this into the mix but no. we learned this in preschool yeah, or right. um uh what uh, whatever it might be in the uk but treat others the way that you would like to be treated mm -hmm. you know we we all want to be respected we all want to be loved we want to feel valued you know we want to feel included and and heard and listened to and um you know when when people are saying hey um i'm i'm a woman or i'm i'm gay i'm trans i'm black 
and I don't feel included in this conversation, they're saying that they're not included. They're not saying, hey, I need to kick you out of this conversation. It's yeah, exactly. They're just saying, I just want to, I just want to be a part of this. Like they're not saying everything is mine. (laughs) It's, and uh, it's really, really important to sort of note that I think, you know, whatever the struggle is, whatever the marginalized subjects might be, um, I think it's just, it's, it's equality. Equality is equality. Equality mm-hmm. doesn't mean there's um, there's someone in charge and then there's somebody um, not in charge. Mm-hmm. But it's like when, when you guys are shining the spotlight on people being successful and being confident with what they're doing, it's like, it, it's, 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 amazing in our in our sort of day-to-day lives that it's very important that you guys are doing it but it's 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 still such a i don't know like it it still has to happen and it's so surprising that people just aren't actually intelligent enough to go yeah like these people are amazing regardless and and what and and their their struggle that they've had to you know like their life i mean you you guys can talk completely no completely (laughs) and i think i think that's one of the things that we're really trying to do with she supreme is like we're not trying to be Mm. like othering or excluding of anybody so there's not like any sort of like criteria for who we interview who we speak to we're trying to just see you know as broad as possible and like give a platform to everyone so that we can have like an equity of exposure and like champion like the right things so i don't know i mean i think it always comes back down to colonialism and you see it a lot in the uk especially with like the classism and Having moved, I'm Canadian originally, and having moved into the UK and, and having kind of been, it's not that like these constructs don't exist in Canada, like racism, classism, all this stuff, but it isn't as overt as when I got to Italy or when I got to the UK. And just seeing like, like just, you know, the way someone sounds, they can be treated differently, like where you're yeah. from, it changes completely the context. I mean, it's very, it's very, um, it's very crazy. And it's just like something that, we shouldn't accept but it is just so normal to most people i wonder if it's um because like when you see stuff on the tv now with like in america and that with trump i wonder if it's like i gather that it's it's much worse there but it's probably not it's probably much the same it's interesting right because it manifests differently it manifests (laughs) differently according to which culture you're in because in the states it's like a lot more in your face it's like um you know those who who don't like certain ethnic groups are a lot more like i hate muslims they're they're all terrorists but um, yeah because of free speech uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Where, where, whereas over here, it is a lot more like insidious in a way. Where it's, um, you know, this recent report that came out that proved there was no um, institutionalized racism in the yeah. UK. Yeah. Is I mean, I, talk about <laughs> gaslighting! Gaslighting I mean. every brown or black person here in the UK. Don't, no, don't worry. There's no racism here in the UK. No, don't be, don't but there's worry. black people in the police, so there can't be any racism. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> my brother-in-law is a copper, uh, and and he is Jamaican descendancy, and um, his nickname was Shadow. Uh, to the point, to the, like, and I don't even. I hope he realised that they were being racist. Like, and his number plate now is Shad One. I shouldn't say that. Uh, but yeah, like, no, it's almost like he's gone. <laughs> he's, you know, like and like wearing it like a badge of honor. And I wonder if it's you know, like when someone, when I was younger, people used to call me gay all the time because I I was never that butch. Uh, and then 
And then I'd always get in with the joke first. You know, like, oh, you call me gay, yeah. I'm going to kiss you. You know, like, I'd get in <laughs> with a joke first. You know, and always. you just think, oh, of course there's fucking institutional racism in this country. There's loads and loads of it. And as you say, <laughs> it's all based on colonialism, which is mm -hmm. one of the worst things, that has, like, which is basically uh, like us just going around the world taking over Telling everyone they're going to be Christian and giving them their giving them out illnesses, and it's like, what's that? Like, why are we proud of that? Fucking drives me mad. It's so embarrassing. I mean, I mean, and also I'm part Indigenous from Canada, so part Native. And so, I mean, let's not I even get into that, that conversation. You didn't know that? Oh, I like that, Ron. Jenna. <laughs> Jenna. I, I just feel like we've never had this conversation. I just like yeah. you more and more as, as everyone. You guys. You I guys mean, you are the most okay. diverse people I've ever met. Yeah. <laughs> no, Fucking hell. All, come on. <laughs> it's probably because you don't go in the sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't meet many people. <laughs> Blushing it. Blushing no, but basically, like, I think it's really funny having, you know, being Americans or me coming to uh, to Europe and like hearing how much pride people take in the empires. You know, I'm in Spain and people always talk about like, oh, how Spain is such a great empire or how Portugal or how the UK and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't know. I feel like people should be embarrassed of the word empire at this point. Mm. Yeah, we should well, just say yeah, we're pirates. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. We're basically pirates. And like, <laughs> Then no, I just what? found out that she was a pirate. Well, <laughs> She's ancestors that were a pirate. <laughs> uh, so, That's fucking cool, um, man. My, my, uh, my, so my, my mother's side is Welsh working class, like, uh, like all miners slash, you know, mm. uh, probably a couple of butchers in there because, you know, Welsh obviously love lamb. And um, so, so that's that one side of the family. The other side is Iraqi. So my sister was like, shit, let's do a family tree and like find out what's in there. And um, we found out that um, one of our ancestors is um, the Irish pirate queen, uh, Grace O'Malley. And I've heard of her. That is so cool. Thank <laughs> you. Thank that you. That is so I'm, cool. <laughs> like, I'm so jealous. Uh, I was I was really really I mean we also found out that like Henry VIII was also our ancestor so not so great but I mean, Grace O'Malley I was yeah. like that's cool that's I'm going to tell everyone who has ears that she's my relative. So, <laughs> Good. so what was your upbringing up then, Jenna? So were you brought up with like dual cultures? Did you get a lot of the, the different cultures coming on? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's really funny because I used to spend my summers in Wales. So when I when I went over to the States, you know, uh, September to, to June, you grew up in Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey. So oh. I'm Welsh Iraqi that lived in New York by way of New Jersey, moved yep. to London. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I would go back to New Jersey and um, I mean, our upbringing was, you know, we spent our weekends in the mosque. Um, there was a time mm -hmm. baby Jenna used to pray five times a day. And mm -hmm. I still consider myself Muslim because, you know, I, I did not mom. know that. Yeah, I was I was such a good baby Muslim. I was so cute. I was like, <laughs> right, you had a choice. I, 
Uh, I, yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. You know, I was like, oh, you know what? Like me and me and uh, God are like we have this like great relationship. I'm gonna, you know, really pay homage to this. So I was such a good baby Muslim. Um, and then, you know, obviously, being that my dad's Arabic, we had like all these other Arabic families in New Jersey that you know we grew up around. So our our best friends were this like big old Persian family that we're like still super close to now. And that was kind of like what my life was like in New Jersey, like very Arab American. But then I went to this high school and everybody was like really into football and then 9-11 happens. And weirdly, and this is something I discussed, <laughs> I haven't actually discussed with many people. So I find that this is, um, you know, kind of like therapy. So thank you. Right. I'll invoice you right. or you can invoice me later. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, there was a time when I, I used to lie about my heritage because I was afraid what people would say post nine yeah, eleven. So I would, yeah, mm. I, I would, at the time I wouldn't say I was Iraqi. I would be like, yeah, my, my dad's Persian. Um, you probably don't know what that is. So that's cool. <laughs> Have you have you just to interject quickly? Have you heard of a guy called Riz Ahmed? Obviously, he's an actor. I love you know Riz. Really? So so Riz Riz used to have. uh, Do you know of Riz MC? His like music career, right? So I played guitar for Riz, and he he had he he had a yeah like he did a single microscope, but he had this song called Nine Eleven Blues, which is like that tune. If you like, it's honestly like next level because he 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 describes that about sort of lying about. It's just yeah. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you probably heard it anyway, but like, yeah, he is, yeah, he's, he's so, he's so good. No, no, like, this is the first time I'm hearing it, so definitely, yeah, yeah. So, I need so to get is, on it. Is unreal, yeah. Like, there's, there's, there's a song I used to play as well. Oh God, it's, it's gonna. I'll, what, it'll was, come back what was to his, um, what was his most recent, um, his most recent short? He did like a, a music video short film that's about like breaking up with the UK or something. It's so yeah, brilliant. Yeah, oh, my it, God. yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. That yeah, it's, I had to find the name of it. It's like one of the best things I've ever seen. It was really, it was really moving. Oh, because because he's uh he's, he's done Sweatshop Boys as well, right? With um, because the, the the guy he does it was in he's New Jersey based. No, no, is he LA based? He might be LA based actually. There, um, there is um, um, uh, have you guys seen Rami the TV show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's amazing, awesome. and they they actually they have an episode dedicated to like being a little Arab kid in um, yeah, yeah. in New Jersey post nine eleven. And I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, feel that, feel that. Yeah, yeah. Where where, where in Jersey did you grow up? Uh, so actually, just like thirty minutes outside of New York. So <laughs> there's that, you know. Because um, my, my my family are in Chatham, so uh, Chatham, New Jersey, like Madison, mm-hmm. that sort of that you know that. Oh the, yeah. The yeah, NJ line into, into yeah yeah so they they I stay with her occasionally when I'm in New York. Oh um, no way, that's that's amazing. Yeah, oh, that's cool. really cool. Was it Morristown? Yeah, so Morris Chat and Morristown. I know Morristown. There. Yeah, right. Very so, very well. Yeah, it's, it's so it's, funny in <laughs> in New Jersey. You always have to tell people like, oh, um, like uh, what exit? What exit do you yeah. live nearby? Because like everything <laughs> is in terms of highway. It's like yeah, oh, yeah right. Five. I got you. Got you. Yeah, got you. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, so, so uh, what, what did you think of uh, New Jersey when you visited there? I've been a lot. Um, it's interesting because I really like Hoboken in New Jersey. So when I was like a teenager, okay. we'd hang out there because um, I was in, a band I was really into from Seattle called Pretty Girls Make Graves. Were and like female, she was a bit like Karen O, but a bit more aggressive. So she the was, most handsome man oh. in the world came from uh, Jersey. That? 
John Bon Jovi. All right. He's the most <laughs> handsome Springsteen. man in the world. Springsteen, man. Come oh, on. I, I, I fucking love Springsteen. The boss. I, I read his book and I've been to see him loads of yeah, times. Exactly. He's mind blowing. Oh, what about Bob oh, Dylan? Oh, Is Dylan from Jersey? I, I, I don't know about that, but I'm if that's the right now. Oh, we'd know. We'd know, surely. I don't know, man. I, I get the vibe that any, any like cat skills, any like sort of, he's from like more, more like up in New York, isn't he? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, he's really, really cool. I think cat skills. I, I mean, well, I remember hearing the story about Bob Dylan being, he went back to his family home, which I thought was in New Jersey, but I could have been wrong. But basically, mm. he got arrested for trespassing. And he was like, right. no, 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 like I'm Bob Dylan. And I was just look, coming to see where I grew up. And the cop didn't know who he was. So he took him to the, the police station. Everyone's like, you just fucking arrest Bob Dylan? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, no, I'm Bob Dylan. I can go it's where I want. Yeah, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Tracy, tell, Tracy, tell me about you. Uh, tell me about um, your life growing up. Oh, well, okay. So I guess I'm, not, I guess I am from Montreal. Canada so I'm like from French Canada but my family is like Anglophone which doesn't mean we don't speak French it's just like the political um, conversation around it and I'm one of three girls whereas Jenna's one of five girls yes lots of I lots know. of women in yeah. our families <laughs> lots of them very heavy families Quimmy. yeah Quimmy. <laughs> That's brilliant. Uh, but yeah and then I my family's like super super like insular and like no one has a passport in my family no one's left Canada ever oh, I think really? we've driven we've drove driven to like Vermont a few times because it's not so far and so I when I turned 19 I flew to Australia to meet a boy on MySpace <laughs> and then <moved> there. <laughs> <laughs> that was me. I've done some journeys but what I mean this this is my first flight. I hope it was worth it. Is what I'm going to say. But, you know, it was not. No, of course. But um, no. and then I worked in music in Australia for five years, which was the best thing ever because I think Sydney is like one of the most musical cities of all time. Yeah. And then I came back to Montreal to finish my masters, and then I went to Rome to work for NATO, and then I got um, headhunted into a social media company in London because I was working mm. in social uh, social listening. So mm-hmm. kind of like. Cambridge Analytica, right? Kind yeah. of light, <laughs> not wow. Diet Cambridge yeah. Analytica. So that's kind of me. That's pretty interesting. Wow. Tracy, oh, she is like uh, she is what I would describe as the world's best social networker, and like this girl has some crazy, amazing energy. Like you can, <laughs> you can just the ultimate social butterfly. She can go from country to country, border to border, and she like. Ace it wherever. Mm. Well, I just I don't know. I mean, I I think because it's always really lonely to move places, then you always kind of keep in touch with people as well. Mm. So inadvertently, I've become a bit of a, a good networker, I suppose. But I mean, for me, like when I was living in Sydney, I started working with. Well, I st- I founded a charity that was against human trafficking because I had a friend who um, was Cambodian, and she was telling me about how there was all this like. Um, trafficking and all the danger that um, women were facing there and we kind of Mm. grew that and that's how I kind of got into um, women's rights and kind of social activism and all this sort of conversation and only once I moved to Rome did I myself really start experiencing like Mm. these gendered behaviors and like very strange uh, very strange things that I had never experienced in my life well okay so when I moved to Rome um my first, I like flew into Rome by myself. I don't speak Italian, but I was like, it's Rome, it's international, I'm sure I'll be fine. 
I landed and I got into a taxi to go um, to like a hotel where I was staying before I was moving into a flat. I found on Airbnb, like whatever. I was trying, I was very poor and I was trying to figure it out. But the taxi driver um, took me to the middle of nowhere. And this is like 2012. So I didn't have like a phone that would work when you moved or anything like this yet. He took me to the middle of nowhere and he was he was like sexually assaulting me. And I was like, okay, I think this is the end of my life. And I had to convince him that I was like in love with him. Right. Yeah, yeah. And I basically I mean, was saying like, oh, I'm, my friend's waiting for me. But um, and my friend's waiting for me, but you're so hot. And I really want to see you again. Like, oh, I can't right now. But like, because I'm going to be like, my friend's going to be worried. But like, pick me up tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. Convinced him that we were in love. And so he dropped me off. I told him like some random place I didn't even know so that he wouldn't know where I was. Um, anyway, so I got out of the situation, which was super scary. And then the next Fuck. day when I got, no, yeah, man. yeah. Next day when I got on the bus to go to my new apartment, a guy on the bus told me like, oh, I'll tell you where to get off the bus. And then I got off the bus and then he followed me into the middle of nowhere, which was not where I was supposed to go. And like basically the same thing happened. And I was like, oh. So my experience within 12 hours of landing in Rome was like this. And I was like, okay, so I'm not How in Canada anymore. Yeah. I was you know, 22. 22, right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like, um, I mean, we oh. kind of think, you know, oh, yeah, sexism's no one's sexist anymore. No, fuck, I mean. But women's experiences of life <laughs> yeah. is very different to ours. It is, and, yeah, uh, And it is. there is always that fear. There's always that fear that, because men are, because uh, we live in a, a society <laughs> where men are allowed. To be, you know, yeah, it's like, honestly. well, you're a man, so you can't help your basic needs. Uh huh. Exactly. Uh, I mean, that is always such a, a problematic argument in a way. And I, I love, sure. I love the um, the analogy. Someone said this on the internet, and I think it's absolutely beautiful. Is um, in a boxing match, if you're fighting another person, of course you're going to punch each other because mm. you're in the ring, and those are the rules, right? But outside of the boxing ring, if you see that same opponent on the street just walking down, you wouldn't then go up to that person and just punch him directly in the face. And same thing can be said about um, sexual relations. Mm -hmm. When you, when there is consensual sexual relations, of course, it's, it's going to happen in that space. You wouldn't then go up to a random stranger and, you know, do whatever you're going to do to them. It's, mm -hmm. it's just those are not the rules it's the same yeah. reason why we don't shit on the floor in front of everyone yeah. or well, yeah, you know, punch right. babies in yeah. the face <laughs> it's like you know there are rules and then, uh, it's, it's important to, <laughs> as a society to honor and respect those no, rules exactly, and, exactly. and protect each yeah. other as well yeah. and I think exactly that's one thing that i really struggled with when i moved to london was actually like so in Rome, like Rome was super fucked up. And like in general, it was like very common to see misogynistic and sexist behavior like this for sure. But when I moved to London, it was like, like you were saying before, like the rules in London are very covert. So you don't really see overt racism, overt sexism usually, right? Mm. But then yeah. when it happens, people like, people do not engage with it. And I've been in so many situations where I've seen like, you know, like um, a pregnant woman on like a crowded train coming, I used to live in Mace Hill, coming from Mace Hill to, um, like central London and she was like about to faint and the man beside her who was sitting and had the window shut she was asking him can you open the window can you open the window and he would just had his newspaper in his face and was pretending to not hear her and so a black man got up from the other side of the train walked over and opened the window for her yeah and right. was like what the fuck is wrong what with you and it's doing? like the men beside this guy were all like these these like same depiction of him like 
you know, like 60 year old white guys that are going into work or whatever. And they were just mm. ignoring this from happening. And it's like, it was a really small moment that yeah, like, yeah, is yeah. it's yeah. kind of easy to ignore, but also like, I don't know why we don't feel like this responsibility in society to protect each other. And I really no, noticed no, that no. in, in yeah. London. It's like, it's, it's really London, sad, isn't it? In, yeah. in London, it's like that stiff upper lip thing has went too yeah. far. So yeah. my, 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 when, yeah. my, when my ex was pregnant with our first daughter, um, it's like we got on at Bethnal Green and that if you've ever got on at Bethnal Green Station it's fucking horrible right it's so just hot. so busy but like this guy and it's the same like old white dude paper up here like the FT biggest fucking thing in the world he's there stood there I remember like just staring at him and I can get a little bit ghetto because that's sort of where <laughs> I was sort of brought up. I was like, bro, get the fuck up. Like, you know, and, and it's, <laughs> and, and they sort of look at you like, it's like, no, no, really? Like, because my, my, my missus is sort of heavily pregnant. And he sort of just stares at you. And it's like, don't make me get angry because, you know what I mean? And it's yeah, like, like, why is that, why is that normal? Yeah. Freak, You're like, you know? I, yeah. I exist. I exist. Oh. You can see me. Right. You like, also can oh. see her. Like, can we just not pretend that you're, this isn't happening? And like, the only, and this always happened to me where like, if I was sitting or like next, this happens a lot in London, like this like mm. subtle groping. There was a study yeah, that was put yeah. up recently about this, but like I'd be sitting on the train and a man would just oh kind God. of like expand himself and like, yeah, I'd be right. like, am I imagining the fact that he's kind of going up my skirt? Like probably just mm. my in my head, blah, blah blah. And then at some point, it's like so over it that you're like, oh but, fuck you, actually. But no, no one should be touching anybody. So like, right. why, it's, yeah, it's like, like, like I, I don't particularly like that from yeah any any person. If I'm on my own, I'm, yeah. Why is why is it social norms? But so, that's so, it. And the thing is, like, I'm okay with people being like creepy asshole losers and like you know not everyone is like brought up in the same way or is no, mentally sound or whatever but mm -hmm. i do think that as a community we have a responsibility to protect each other so that when something like this happens people should say something mm. and that's oh, the yeah, one yeah. thing i noticed in london is like it doesn't always feel and maybe it's improving but like it doesn't always feel like um we have a responsibility to protect the people around us and i wish mm. that it was yeah. a bit more imposed yeah. That's a really nice way of kind yeah. of uh, like defining mm. it, really. Like we would look after, um, like you know, we would hope that people would look after the most vulnerable. Mm. You know, like if yeah. someone was disabled, you know, most people would get out of the way for them. Um, but yeah. they didn't, then that that doesn't extend any further. It's like no, no. But it's about it's respect, like, though, right. man. It's about yeah. respect as well. Like certain certain men can't can't be, and it's it's not even regardless of sex. A certain women, men, certain men can't just be around women. Like, I'm scared I, of women. Like, <laughs> I've been scared be. of women my whole life. But but then but but I, I the like, power you know, of them. Nah, like, see with me with me, my dad was at work a lot of the evening, so I was like the, the kid sat around the dinner table after my mum went to Weight Watchers, and I sat listening to the girls talk about how much they sort of. You know they they are shitting on themselves and it's like I sat there thinking you're all you're all good as gold. So but like, I'm not trying to get points here. What but what it what it allowed me to do was actually listen. And I know I talk a lot and I'm, I do talk a lot. But uh, like, oh yeah. But, but, I mean, but at the same point, but at the same point, it allowed me to actually sit and appreciate and respect like my mum, for example, and my sister, mm -hmm. and then my mum's friends, and you know, and a lot of men are just they're they're scared in a different way, Nick. They're like. Because they're, they're just, I don't know what it is. And it's weird. And therefore, it goes to different sexualities Scared in as well. an angry way. Yeah, but like men, men, yeah. that, can't, men that can't be, yeah. men that can't have an element of, because uh, like, they feel a bit too, vulnerability. Yeah, yeah it's openness. Like, yeah. Why? Like, it's, 
You know, it's, it's heartbreaking. And the fact of the matter is, it's not, um, it's not uh, sort of like a fruitful, um, effective way to live. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's very hard to measure yeah. whether you're effective at living or ineffective at living. Yeah. But fact of the matter is, toxic masculinity is toxic to everyone, but it's mm. the yeah. most toxic to men, actually. Exactly. Mm. It causes mental health issues um you know people die by suicide the numbers uh, prove that it's mm-hmm. it's toxic to everybody that lives within this system and that duty of care that tracy was talking about it isn't just oh you're doing the right thing it's like if if we all practice that duty of care we all benefit we benefit mm-hmm. from this ecosystem yeah. of care and support uh then it becomes this you know I, I know many people would think, oh, it's a utopic society that it, that isn't going to happen. It can just as long as mm. we practice that that care and support that it it For is sure. within all. Of have to. So it's small shift in perspective. Like it's yeah, small and it's, shift in perspective. Let's look out for each other mm. rather than let's look out for ourselves. Exactly, yeah. and it's like if we're not if we're not trying to have like our backup, like is if there's you know, and I do think that this also comes from classism and colonialism and stuff. It's yeah. like you really have to fend for yourself and, and like fight for your space and like stay in your lane in mm. the UK in, in my experience specifically that like you end up having a lot of men who have these repressed repressed emotions like mm. mental health issues mm. they're like it's like they're invisible to themselves because they've just been swallowing this like narrative the whole time and it's yeah. it's really sad totally. and like I do think yeah. that there's a lot of a lot of pain that's happening across all of society and it mm. really does mm. need to start with like every level it's not like let's just focus on one it's let's be inclusive across the board and have this duty of care and like and raise each other up yeah yeah exactly there is so um there is an amazing book i don't have it with me in my makeshift closet but uh so basically in in northern ireland it was really fascinating so during the troubles um masculinity or you know air quotes masculinity had a lot of different outlets right um uh in terms of feelings of anger and Mm. uh wanting to to hurt someone else you know you could hurt the opposition you could hurt the uh whoever you were fighting against so after after the peace treaties or treaties as we say in the states (laughs) treaties and um men didn't have that outward sort of expression of anger or emotional upset. So instead of that outward expression, it turned inward or to those closest to them. So Mm. the years following the troubles, so post-peace, men had all this like anger and upset and they didn't know what to do with it. So um, domestic abuse, alcoholism, and suicide hit like all-time highs following those years, which I just thought was like a mind-blowing statistic and really mm. sort of like when you look at psychological well-being um, and those figures, there's such a direct correlation that we mm. that we cannot, mm-hmm. you know, close our eyes to. Well, that makes sense in terms of domestic abuse. Domestic abuse is always about, hold on, someone else is, you know, like I'm not the man yeah. in this you yeah. know, why am I, I should be in charge and it is, yeah. it's all about power most mm. things are about power yeah. you know yeah. Yeah. But, it, yeah. but it's like a disenfranchised like people don't feel yeah. empowered as well and like mm. I, went, I was working with the UN and I mean I did a few projects with the UN that, that failed really hard and one of them was this, um, this 
we wanted to uh, increase the level of education of women in Jamaica. And so what we did is we did these, uh, these like media campaigns to talk about the benefits of educating women. Cause at the time women had an education level of grade four and men had like high school leaving like 85% of the population. And so what we did, we were like, look at how women should be educated, blah, blah, blah. And we just really focused on empowering women. And because we ignored the men, because we thought, you know, there's nothing wrong with them. So let's just like, they'll be happy and they'll continue to study and whatever. We empowered the women and women like were getting high school leaving. Like we saw mm -hmm. the, the stats just like jump. We were super effective and proud of ourselves. And so we saw the amount of domestic abuse that happened, the amount of crime mm -hmm. that happened. And we basically reversed the dichotomy for the people who had been, you know, we basically gave women more power and the men then became disenfranchised mm -hmm. because we did not give them any attention and we didn't focus on them. So mm -hmm. like, you can't just drive it from one angle and say like, you know, like the girl effect, which is like, it was a huge um, theory at the time. It, it, it's not that we shouldn't champion the girl effect because like putting money into women and stuff does improve society in general. Mm -hmm. But if we do that in isolation, and like we will literally just topple that scale. So it's yeah. super important. Like men That's need to be at the core of that conversation. That's, That's really an ecosystem. It is, yeah. It's amazing. It's like the idea of a loss. So like the men, they they lose something. So then mm. they feel a men's egos are incredibly fragile, and they're like, oh well, <laughs> no one's looking after me now. So then, uh, yeah, then well, well, I'm because they need mothering. Is is the reality? Yeah. You know? Hmm. Yeah, um, but it's the same thing. It's the same thing with um, Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. It's like yeah. people mm, who have yeah. that internal fear of of being discriminated okay. against because yeah. we're championing or we're trying to grow out equity with another mm. you know group of humans. But like actually, it's true. We don't. We can't just like ignore the rest mm. of the world too. Like we need to create like a healthy environment for everybody. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, and it, and and it's possible. It it's actually possible. Oh, yeah. I think that we can all you know work on it, and you know it's uh, it's it's not just a dream. Change can happen. Well, of course, now. and like the beauty of uh, my background's in information science, and like the beauty of ICTs and and like social media and all this is that we're taking. Mm power into people right we're able to communicate we're able to show what we call like guerrilla journalism we're able to have conversations that were traditionally led in schools or led by institutions that we can actually take into control and do things like you guys are doing on this podcast and drive yeah. these conversations in a wider range and like you know what i mean like we actually mm. have much more power and information than we've ever had before which i mean i hope that will allow for us to grow um and change in society and as soon as we can like break this this like fake news shits and like all of this yeah. censorship and blah 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 like as we uh, evolve i think that we will only become mm. better and better it's my yeah, yeah. of course yeah I'm fighting sorry. misinformation yay yeah. <laughs> i was watching something I, I was watching teen first dates last night and they had um there was two women on there like they were like 16 having their first date mm. and uh and um one of them was saying like she could find a community um, of other gay women online mm. uh, and that made her feel like she wasn't like she was okay you know like she wasn't oh. different and she was <laughs> okay and you're like everyone fucking moans about social media all day long and like you know social media kicks me in the ass sometimes makes me feel <laughs> it, you know it makes me feel not as good it does of but course then, yeah and then but then you hear things like that and you think you know, she lived in a village out in the middle of nowhere. She would never have felt that kind of connection and that realisation that she wasn't alone mm. if it wasn't mm. for social media. It's, mm. it's not so bad. 
You know, like it's yeah, good, give people community is everything, man. Supporting, exactly. supporting each other is yeah. so important. Of course. Absolutely, I think social media has democratized uh, media and sort of like a community in a way. And I think, you know, trans communities or transitioning communities, queer, non-binary, the LGBTQ plus communities have sort of been using the internet since like day yeah. dot to, yeah. to find people like themselves. Yeah. Because um, it's, I mean, it's just this amazing tool of connectivity. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, a lot of these social media platforms are highly addictive and they're built that way. But yeah. you can also build communities and you're, you mm. curate who, who you see. So yeah. you can curate all your buddies and people who make you feel good. And, and it's, uh, it can be as empowering as it can be disempowering. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, for yeah. sure. And like, I mean, Jenna, two years ago, um, when the world existed, Jenna and I went to this really <laughs> cool event called Pride of Arabia, which is basically like a, like a gay, like Arab party that they would do these events like every every few months or something. And it just, cause obviously like in the Middle East, homosexuality is illegal in most places and it's a really it's difficult still... topic. Yeah, yeah. So and, and to have, you know, without social media, you would never have had this community form in London uh, to have these huge mm. events that are like famous all over the world. The same thing with a, there's a party called Lick, which is uh, mostly uh, black lesbians. And it is the, like, it is just the coolest event and it's women only or like women non-binary trans only. Um, and it's just like, you know, the best party where everyone feels safe and they can wear whatever the fuck you want. And it's just like the best music, the coolest DJs. Like it really yeah. is just like an incredible, incredible space that normally you wouldn't my, have. My my mate used to uh, DJ at um, uh, G-A-Y and Popstars in London. And uh, so I used fun. to go there quite often. I used to go to Popstars all the yeah, time, mate. He DJed. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, he DJed, so I got in for nothing. Loved it. Yeah. Um, he would play Kylie and stuff like that. But then in the other room, they were playing like, the Strokes it. and shit that yeah, I Yeah, exactly. room two so was fun. amazing. Yeah, cool. and, like, yeah. and not at one point did I think I was going to get my head kicked in. If I'd have gone to uh, a exactly. club, like a local club or like a normal club, um, I would spend my whole time thinking someone's going to kick my head in. Hmm. But not at one point did I. And that's why I like going to the gay clubs. It was like... Exactly. Because it's, so it's a safe space. It's a safe space. It's a safe space. And everyone yeah. can dance to disco, man. Do you know what I mean? And, that's and not, they play that's, music I like. no cliche, dude. <laughs> and you know what? They have like two pound cocktails as well. <laughs> oh, is it? Is it? No, it is. I'm just saying, Jenna, it's 27 minutes past eight, right? So I was uh, going to suggest that because there's still some stuff we need to cover, right? Do you, should we just do a part two? Yeah, let's like do a soon, part two. Yeah, let's I, I really kind of really wanted to go in on sort yeah, of the like sort of people have... that yeah. and, and, and their stories, I think, more so. Amazing. So because like, we've kind of yeah. covered ground about all of that. Let's let's do a second half based on that, I think, right? So I hope that this wasn't amazing. too heavy also. You, no, yeah. it's, it's perfect. No, okay. Absolutely no. perfect. This is, my kind, this is my kind of conversation. Yeah, oh, yeah we can I'm go so much, glad. much heavier. This, yeah, this I is, feel like we've only just this started. Is it, yeah. I've, oh my God. I've enjoyed it so much. I've, yeah, I've me too. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, so let's just the same. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. It's so nice meeting you. Yeah, and you both. I've it's had the wicked. best time. Thank you so yeah, much. Yeah. Yeah. I had, honestly, so much fun. Yeah, we've got loads more to talk days. about. It's going to be good. Let's do this. Yeah, All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye, Mouth bye -bye. of Manliness. Bye. In a bit. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. 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 This is...